Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Would you pray with me, Father God? This year has been like an incredible year we've never seen before. God, we might have been running from things and run from COVID and running for our lives and a lot of different areas, maybe our finances, maybe our family, but today, God, we surrender to you knowing you are faithful. God, without you, we aren't enough. God, we can't do this. And at the end of ourselves, God, we've been pushing and pushing and you just lift us up and your grace has been sufficient for us. God, you've been faithful this whole season. God, your fingerprints are all over 2020. God, you've been a part of our lives and you've just saved us and changed us. And so God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for Christmas that Jesus has come in the flesh for us. And this season's all about your presence. So God, I pray your presence would fall on this place. God, I pray your spirit would move in this room today. God, I'm thankful for every soul that was fed this year. God, we saw the video of all the things that have been accomplished. God, I pray for all those people that received hope. God, I'm thankful for every person who served and gave and pushed the mission of Jesus and the gospel and the good news of Jesus to the people in our community. God, we're so grateful. God, for your grace and your mission. God, we lift you up today. We give you the praise and the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, get it for Jesus today. Come on, happy birthday, Jesus. How incredible. That song always gets me every time I hear that song. Just desperate for God. In this season, we've been desperate for a lot of things, but today, I'll pray that you're reminded we're desperate for God. Well, on behalf of our church, my family, four kids, I want to just say a very merry and faithful Christmas to you guys. We're excited you're here. If you're new with us, thank you for being here. Seriously, you are an honored guest. It, it may be surprising, but everything we've done today has had you in mind. And so I'm thankful you're here. I'm thankful somebody invited you. And I also invite you guys back. Uh, you guys love to be a part of our church. I'd love to just see you guys back in a couple weeks uh, in person on the third. But man, thanks for being here. Come on, give it up for everybody's new one more time. Let them know we love them. Come on. All right, you may be seated. Well, I'm excited for the fourth consecutive year, man, to share with you of the miracle of the virgin birth, man, that there is Jesus to celebrate, that he is with us in the flesh, our Emmanuel God with us. Are you guys ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus today? Come on, let's do this. Man, so exciting. We're in a series called Wait No More. And in this series, we talk about 2020, how we're just waiting on things and how 2020 has kept so much from us and maybe just taken some stuff from us. And we're going to take some stuff back from 2020. And maybe there's some stuff that we need to let go from 2020. Maybe some stuff that we've just grabbed onto that we need to give back to God. And so I'm just praying that God speaks to you today from the Bible in Matthew chapter 1 about letting go of control. If you have your Bible, it'll be in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement off quietly. Hey, what basically Joseph is saying here is, I knew something was weird going off that mailman. Come on, somebody. I mean, Joseph knew something was going on. I mean, you find out you're engaged to somebody who's pregnant, and you're just thinking like, hey, uh, I'm going with my feeling here. I'm going with some intuition. Uh, the fact is, uh, I didn't do it. Come on, somebody. We didn't have to do a DNA test of Jerry Springer to realize that this was not Joseph's baby. Like, he's just thinking in the flesh, right? And I've never heard a message that was preached on Joseph like, man, I wish he had more faith. Come on, shame on Joseph. He should have had more faith, right? We never heard a message about Joseph like that. It's because it's just human nature, right? Like he saw what was right in front of him. He saw the natural. But what he didn't know is God was doing something supernatural. 
God was doing something behind the scenes that Joseph didn't see with his eyes. And so he had a choice to make. Like in that time, he could have taken Mary out and had her killed publicly, had her stoned. But instead, he would say, you know, behind the scenes, I'm just going to quietly leave her with this baby because I know I didn't do this. And so he's thinking through this process. God does something. He sends an angel to Joseph, and it's found in verse 20. He says, as he considered this, an angel Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid. Come on, somebody. Is that the sentence or the phrase for 2020? <laughs> do not be afraid. Man, I wish I had that tattooed in my arm. Come on, somebody. In the middle of this season, of all the things we've been through, do not be afraid. God has this. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. You name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, do not be afraid. There is a reason for this season. Come on. There's a reason for 2020. Like God has put this whole thing together. And I don't know if you can relate to Joseph in this season. I remember when this highly contagious lethal virus, COVID, just began to hit in March. And we were at Disney World, and I came back, and I got a phone call from the pastor in town. He said, I'm shutting down my church on Sunday. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, oh, my, this is really serious. And I remember shutting down the church and just get, freaking out. Like, is this going to work? Like, if I would lie to you, if I said I wasn't afraid at all, like, are we going to ever meet again? Is the church going to be there in the future? How's the gospel going forward? And how's our family going to look like in the future? And some of you guys are maybe afraid in that season for your own families and your own health. Some of you guys are so afraid you bought up all the toilet paper. Come on, somebody. Who was it? Come on, who admit they bought more toilet paper than needed right now? Put their hand up right now. Who did that? Come on, put your hand up. This is your chance to repent in front of everybody. The Bible says it'll wipe your sins away as far as the east is from the west. Come on, somebody. You can convince... I'm not going there. I'm not, I don't know why I wrote that in there. My wife, she, she rolls her eyes at me every time I say dumb stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I was sitting in my office and canceling these in-person gatherings. And I'm, I'm literally like, is this going to work? Like, what's this going to look like for 2020? Like, is this ever, is it going to come back? Like, is it, what's going to look like for our family? And for you, some of you were afraid in this season. Uh, some of you guys had family members that got COVID. Some of you guys had parents that had COVID or, or siblings or sons. Some of you guys had people in your family had COVID and you couldn't visit them in the hospital. Some of you guys battled for your life with COVID. Now, some of you guys had COVID and didn't know you had COVID. You know what I'm saying? I mean, COVID is so tricky. But the COVID has been around. And some of you guys had people in your family that were locked in nursing homes. Maybe you were locked in a nursing home and, and couldn't visit. There was no, nothing normal about it. Some of you guys have an empty seat at the table this Christmas because of COVID. You know, I think about marriages. There's been so many marriages stressed to the nines during COVID. We've given away more counseling sessions in the last four months than we've been given away in the last four years because of marriages being stressed and things happen and depression. All this stuff's happening around the scenes. And just, God is behind the scenes working, but he's so afraid of so many things. Some of you guys were newlyweds this season, and in your marriage it looked like you, uh, your spouse, and then the courthouse. Come on, because <laughs> you couldn't have anybody come. Like, it's been so different this season. And for your kids, you may be afraid for your kids. or they get enough social interaction? Man, are they struggling with their mental health? Like, are they going to play sports or they're going to be in school? They're going to be home. We're going to have a daycare. Is this going to work out? Some of us politics, come on. <laughs> We've been afraid to see what the political climate's going to look like. And now at the end of 2020, uh, there's a vaccine. It seems like so many, afraid, so many people are afraid to take the vaccine. And I was going to encourage you. I'm just excited and I'm thankful that we have some options to take a vaccine that in less than a year there's been two vaccines already approved. I don't know about you. That's exciting for me because it means that we might just be able to change some stuff by 2022. It might be like COVID. Oh, yeah. Remember that story of COVID? Wouldn't that be crazy? Hard to imagine. I remember uh, just seeing the vaccine come forward. It was kind of like March for me again. Because all of a sudden, things are going to start to change. You know, all this happened. Let's look at verse 22. This is what God says to Joseph in the middle of his chaos, in the middle of his mess, the presence of God is about to come. 
It says, verse 22, it says, all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. He says, look, the virgin will conceive. Joseph, look, look. This is what Isaiah said in verse 7. Drew read it earlier. He said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, I'm preaching a message on letting go of control. Now, some of you guys are excited about that because you brought your spouse with you, amen? You brought your spouse. Come on, somebody. Now, some of you brought your mother-in-law, and you're, like, super excited about that, right? Like, letting go of control. Now, some of you think, I'm not a controlling person. You just highly organized. You're aggressively helpful, right? Now, some of you guys are wound so tight, you're making coffee look nervous. Come on, get amen? I'm a participatory church. I need you guys to help out with this. I need you guys to help out. I love when you guys talk me down. You guys shout me down. Say amen. Come on, say amen. Some of you guys get in there, right? You say, preach it. You say those things. It just makes the preaching better. You can take an average preacher and turn to a great preacher just by giving some energy and shouting down the stage. So I need you guys to participate. It's a lot more fun. So I got a question for you. Can you participate in this one? How many in this season would say there's been one area or many areas that I've tried to take control of in this season? Put your hands up right now. Put your hand up if you take control of something in 2020. Come on, put those hands up high if that's been you. Who's got two hands? Put two hands up. I know some of you got two hands. All right. Now, some of you right now are tempted to put up your neighbor's hand. All right. And it may be true for them. But you're also controlling because you won't put up your neighbor's hand, okay? I'm just going to say that. This message is for you as well. But look at this verse 22. Joseph, all of this occurred. Come on, say that with me. All of this occurred. Every single thing has occurred. Look at your neighbor and say, 2020 occurred. 2020 occurred. It's hard to believe. But 2020 occurred inside of God's plan. So 2020 occurred to fulfill the Lord's message. Joseph all this happened to fill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You know, Joseph, what may seem like God isn't moving. Come on, somebody. When you can't feel God, like in this season when your bank account is about to get to zero, when you've been laid off, when you don't know if you're going to be in school or not or play sports, in this season, Joseph, don't worry, man. God has got this. He's been working behind the scenes. You don't know about this, but he's been playing this for a long, long time. And so this is the story of Christmas. The story of Christmas is waiting on the presence of Jesus. That's all it is. The story of Christmas is this long season of waiting. If we go back to the beginning, the story of us begins in the presence of Jesus. This is what the Bible says about us through Jesus in Colossians 1.16. It says this, for in him, in Jesus, all things, that's us, were created. Things in heaven and things on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus was in the middle of our creation story. In Genesis chapter 1, you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that word for God is Elohim. It's the plural form of God. El meaning plural. So this is the first reference to the Trinity in the Bible. The Spirit of God, the Son of God, and the Father of God are all at work in the creation story. And these, these triunity of gods got together and they said that we're going to speak the world into existence. And it's called divine fiat. And so they said, let there be light. And boom, there's light. Let there be an earth. And boom, there's earth. And then there was a sea and there was animals. But it was different for us. That God didn't speak us into existence. See, God knelt down in the dirt and the clay and he intimately formed us. He knit us together in the dirt. And he made us in his own image, a reflection of himself. And he gave us morality, and he gave us an identity of self, and he created us in the image he wants to have of himself. And he knelt down and did the craziest thing. He leaned into us, and he breathed into us the breath of life, and we became a living soul. And I love this. The first thing that we opened our eyes to as mankind was the eyes of God. Come on, somebody. Like, we were in the presence of Jesus. Like, we were in the presence of God. There was a time we actually walked hand in hand with Jesus. 
Can you imagine going to the hallway at high school, walking hand in hand with Jesus? I mean, you always think of somebody who makes you feel good or somebody around, but Jesus was with us. There's a time where we're in perfect fellowship and connection with God. And then something tragic happened in Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve were tempted, and they let their pride and their plan become in front of the purpose of God, and they sinned. And that sin separates from God. So you remember, God created us to be with him. He was intentional. God wanted to walk with us, but then our sin separates from God. And the Bible says this in Romans 5.19 about sin. It's being passed down through Adam. It says, because of one person disobeyed God, this is Adam, many became sinners. That's us. And that's why Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, because he didn't have a sin nature. And so we all became sinners because of this. And ever since that moment, I love this in Genesis chapter 3, where we messed up and we ran from God and we became sinners by nature. The first thing that God did in Genesis chapter 3, before he even left the chapter, is he made a plan to get his presence back in our life. He made a plan. It's found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Verse 15. It's called the Proto-Evangelium, the first mention of the gospel, where God promises that he's going to send a, a Messiah, a chosen one, that's going to come and pay the price for our sin, and he's going to be crushed, and he's going to break the head of Satan, but he'll only be bruised and not destroyed. And he mentions Jesus. And the very first thing God does is says, I'm going to send my presence. I'm coming up with a plan. And God began to plan the very first Christmas. God began to plan a way for us to know him. It's amazing. Between Genesis chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 1, God is working his plan. And for us in 2020, we've been waiting for the curve to flatten We're waiting for a vaccine, waiting for all those things to happen. You might ask the question, where is God in this season? Like, where is God in my life? Like, what is God doing? Can I just tell you with a faith-filled heart that God is preparing to meet with you? That God is preparing to meet with you in his presence. And maybe tonight, God is going to call some of you to meet Jesus for the first time. Maybe tonight, you're going to say, you know what, I've been doing this year all wrong. I've been running from COVID, but I should be running to Jesus. And so tonight, I believe God is going to change your world. Look what God did of this plan in Galatians 4.4. This is fast forward to the time of Jesus, and this is a story about his birth. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, when the completed moment, and the exact nanosecond of history, when all was done, when all of this occurred, this is what happened. It says, but God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that might receive the adoption of sons. When God's plan came to fulfillment, we were waiting for all these millennia, God said, now, now's the time for Christmas. This is the story that we're waiting on God. See, Jesus is coming to reverse the curse. Romans 5.19 says this, we finish the passage, it says, but one person disobeyed God, that's Adam, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, this is Jesus, many became righteous, and that's us, amen? That is us today, that we are fulfilled. We are, all of our wrongs are taken away because Jesus on the cross are made right with God. So I love this passage. It says the fullness of time had come. See, there's this period where Jesus in Genesis chapter 3 knew that he was going to go to the cross in Matthew chapter 1, and he was waiting for the first Christmas. It says the fullness of time had come. There was this conversation all throughout history of Jesus and his dad. And this isn't recorded in the Bible, so I'm going to take a little liberty of what this conversation could have looked like. But this conversation definitely would happen. Some point at some time, Jesus would have talked to his dad about coming to Christmas. It may have started like this. Is it time yet, Dad? Is it time yet? Dad, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? Hey, son, hold on. It's just Genesis chapter 4, son. We haven't made very far here. You got to hold up, Jesus. I know you're excited to get back in the presence. I know that they've sinned and fallen short, but I know you're excited, but just hold on a little bit. I've got some work to do. See, I'm putting together these prophecies. I'm going to put all together these statements and things that are going to come true about you because I want them to believe that you're the Messiah. 
See, son, you're the chosen one. The one's gonna come and you're gonna pay the price for the sin of these people. And they didn't know that's you as a baby that comes in that manger. So I'm gonna write some prophecy and you're gonna fulfill those things. You're gonna be born in Bethlehem. And when you're born, you're fulfilling a prophecy. But just know there's this king that's gonna put a decree out to kill you, this King Herod. And so your family's gonna flee to Egypt. When you run, you're gonna fulfill another prophecy before you're even two years old. When that king dies, you're gonna come back and you grow up in Nazareth, this little town that nothing good comes out of. And uh, when, you're, when you're conceived inside of Mary, just know that your dad, don't freak out, Jesus, but your dad's gonna think about killing your mom, okay? But don't freak out, I got this, okay? I've got an angel coming. So don't you freak out a little bit. I know you're gonna know what's going on a little bit, but Joseph's gonna tell Mary, like, I'm just gonna leave you beside. Uh, I'm gonna get, just quietly get rid of you. I know you're pregnant. You'll be a single mom raising Jesus on your own. I'm gonna walk away, but don't you worry, Jesus. I got this covered because I got a prophecy for Joseph. I'm gonna remind him what Isaiah said in chapter seven. He said, all this occurred, Phil Lord's message. Look, Joseph, remember this prophecy I had? The virgin will conceive a child, mm. and she'll give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I'm doing something, Joseph, you don't know about. So I'll remind him when that time comes. You got that? Okay, Dad, I got it. I got it. Fast forward a thousand years. Dad, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time yet, Dad? Come on, Dad. You got to get in the presence of people. You're going to miss it. Is it time yet? Hey, son, just hold up a little bit. I know you're thinking as a king, you're going to come as a king in this time, but you're going to come as a servant. See, I'm putting together this language called the Greek language and this Greek culture. And it's going to speak Kohen Greek. Kohen Greek is just the normal Greek. It's a common Greek. It's for every person. You're going to show up, and I know you think you're going to be born as a king and to be aristocrat on the throne. No, son, you're going to come in a manger. You're not going to be room for you anywhere at the inn. You'll be born in a stable next to the sheep and the donkeys. That's your story, Jesus. You're not going to own anything. You're not going to own a car or a donkey. You're not going to own a house. You have no place to rest your, your head at night. You're just going to come as a servant. And this language I'm going to have you speak is a language that is for all people. See, it's a normal language. It's pervasive. It's all across the known world at the time. I'm putting this together so that the gospel will go to all people throughout the earth. Amen? Because the language is built for the common person, not for the rich or the elite, but the person that punches the clock, the single mom, the person who struggles. That's who you're coming for, Jesus. Because you're not coming for the healthy. You're coming for the sick. You're going to be with the people that are lepers and the people that are outcasts and the people that are prostitutes and the people who are thrown out and the people who couldn't measure up. People who weren't religious enough, didn't have a pedigree didn't have an education. You're going to be those kind of people, Jesus. That's your call to be as a servant. And this language is so specific that when I give this language, that when they write down the Bible, it's going to be recorded for all mankind, for all of history. That this, this language is so specific that it can be translated to any language in the future. And it's going to be reliable. It's going to, it's going to be infallible. It's going to be without error. It's going to be for all people all the time because one day in 2020 when there's this thing called COVID and it's a pandemic and the world doesn't know where to turn, they're going to open the word of God and know it's true because you wrote it down in the most specific language in all time, Jesus. Just going to hold up a little bit, okay? Okay, Dad. I'll wait. Fast forward to 2,000 years. It's time yet. Come on, Dad. It's time yet. It's time yet. I got to go. All right, son, you have to sit down on this one. Just finished up my last prophecy. Got about 400 years to go. This one's a little different, son, because I know you're not coming as a king, but coming as a servant. I'm going to tell you, you're not coming just as a servant. You're coming as a sacrifice. Remember that sin in Genesis chapter 3? we got to do something about that. There's a thing waiting for you that I'm putting together called the cross. When those Romans take over the area that you're going to be born in, about 30 years old, you're going to start a ministry. You're going to have disciples follow you. They're followers. They're all going to forsake you, Jesus. 
And one of them is going to betray you. He's going to kiss you right on the cheek. He's going to sell you out for 30 pieces of silver. You're going to go to this trial in the, the Roman system. It's going to be illegal. You're going to be falsely accused. You're going to have a trial in the middle of the night. They're accuse you of being a sinner. They accuse you of being a false king. And they're going to rather release the worst of the worst, Barabbas, and they put you on the cross. In that moment, they're going to strip you naked, and they're going to beat you. And they're going to use a cat and nine tails to rip the flesh off of your back. They're going to rip out your beard, and they're going to put a crown of thorns on your head, Jesus. They're going to have a cross to put on your shoulder, and you're going to carry it down the road and up the hill to Calvary. When you get top of that hill, they're going to flip that cross over on its back. They're going to lay you on there and drive stakes inside your wrist and your ankle. And they're going to lift you up and drop you in a hole for the whole world to see Jesus. In that moment of humiliation, the worst part's going to happen. Because in that moment, for the first time in all eternity, Jesus, son, you got to listen to me. I'm going to turn my back on you. I'm going to walk away from you. I can't look into sin because I'm holy and righteous. And I'm going to put the sin of the world on your shoulders. And for every person who sinned, all of mankind, past, present, and future, the weight of their sin is going to press down on you, just like we talked about in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And it's going to crush you. And it's going to bruise you. But Jesus, don't give up. Don't call the legion of angels down to rescue you because in that moment, if you can endure Jesus, you're gonna be the ultimate, fulfilled, final sacrifice for sin for all mankind, Jesus. And when you take your last breath, you're gonna run and charge the gates of hell and you're gonna steal the keys from Satan for the souls of man. On the third day, you will raise from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave and making a way for mankind to be free. This is your mission should you choose to accept it. All right, Dad, I'm ready. Fast forward 400 years. It's time, Jesus. It's time for Christmas. Got all the prophecies ready. Got the language ready. I've got the cross perfected. Wait no more, Jesus. It's time for you to go. Be born of a virgin to fulfill every prophecy in the Bible, to record the will of God so that mankind have a way to know us, that your presence will be known to everybody, that this is Christmas. Come on, somebody, who is excited that this is the story of Christmas for us in 2020, that we are set free by the name of Jesus. He has made a way for us. You know what I love about Christmas? My favorite thing about Christmas is that the only event in history to divide time it's the only event in history to separate time. Like literally, if you look at your phone, you're, it's just December 24th, 2020. What happened in 2020? 2020 years ago, what happened? Jesus came. B.C. before Christ. A.D. Anno Domini. In the year of the Lord. See, Jesus is the centerpiece of time. For all of eternity future and all eternity past, when you say, what is the centerpiece of everything? It was when Jesus came. So as a baby to earth, that this is Christmas, literally dividing it forever. All of us know this, all of us see this. And so my question for you tonight is real simple. What are you waiting for? Like, what have you taken control of in 2020? Like, what is it in your life that you just, gives you the anxiety and gives you the fear? Like, what in 2020 have you been running from? I'm just telling you today, God wants your presence. God is here. He is here now. And he is speaking to you. And that thing that's talking to you in your heart, that's the voice of God. And he's drawing you to himself. There's some things today that we're called to lay down. See, Christmas is not about all the gifts. It's not about all the, the busyness. It's about Jesus. It's about the presence 
of Jesus. It's the greatest gift you get is the present of presence. Is that Jesus is in your heart, is in your life. And he gives you faith. He gives you the ability to stand up and stand tall. Knowing your sins are forgiven. Can I tell you your greatest victories aren't won on the battleground of 2020, but on a cross 2,000 years ago, amen? Your greatest victories are already won. That we're living from the cross, we're living from victory, that we have hope in the future. And 2020 is the season of our life, but our hope is in Jesus. And there's a plan that's working if we can't see it in this season. Maybe it's been the hardest season of your life. This may be the toughest year of your life. And maybe the greatest thing about 2020 is that it's about to be over. Come on. I'm telling you, Jesus is working a plan. You can't see it. I just know God is moving for a moment like this to be in your life. The presence of God to speak to you. God is calling to wait no more because this is, after all, Christmas. Father God, we come before you. God, we ask for your presence to move in this place. God, maybe for some of us today, we need to surrender some stuff. I want to talk to somebody today. Maybe pick some things up from 2020. Maybe some habits, maybe some relationships, maybe some thought processes, maybe some addictions, maybe some fear, maybe some anxiety, maybe some, some worry with all the uncertainty, maybe just all these things around us. But I'm asking you today to surrender this to Jesus. Maybe those of you that say, you know what, I need to surrender some things to Jesus today. I realize his presence is enough for me, that God's been trying to get my attention. If that's you today, and you wanna to surrender something to Jesus, will you just lift your hand high? Man, don't be looking around, so I'm gonna surrender some things to Jesus today. Come on, put those hands up. God's speaking to you to give some things back to him today. Father, I pray that you just work in the hearts of every single person here. God, that we surrender our lives to you, God, that this season may be busy, it may be different, but God, we know you're in control. We fully trust you in this season. God, that you're working your plan. So God, just draw close to us. God, give us the confidence and the boldness and the faith to walk with you every step of the way. I wanna pray for one more group of people here, and maybe that's you today that says, you know what, I need Jesus. Like today's the first time I've clearly understood that Jesus loved me. You always hear the story about being a sinner, but you know what, you don't hear the story about God creating you to be with you. And maybe today you first realized that you aren't on accident, and God wants a relationship with you, and he cares enough about you, he loves you enough to go on the cross and pay for your sin because he wants you. He left heaven because you weren't there because you were in relationship with you today. The Bible says this, anybody that calls the name of Jesus will be saved, forgiven, and made new. That's the story of Christmas. And maybe a day you wanna say, you know what, yes to forgiveness. I wanna say yes to new life. I wanna say yes to relationship with Jesus. And if that's you without anybody looking around, will you just raise your hand in quietness those moments and say, I need Jesus today. I need a relationship with him. I see your hand. Anybody else say, I need Jesus relationship with Jesus today. And if that's you, just pray this prayer with me and say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus. Thanks so much for Christmas. This story is about love, about the love of God to me. And so God, thank you for loving me when I was unlovable, when I was helpless, when I was a sinner, that you died for me. God, I'm in need of a savior. God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending your best. You can have my life. I surrender to you and I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give up those who surrender their lives to Jesus today. Come on. Merry Christmas 2020. Come on. Jesus is working a plan, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Thank you guys man, for coming tonight. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus one last time today. Hey, if you're in the house today or you're following online and you made that decision for Jesus today, I want you guys to know that we are so excited for you. It's not the end of something. It's the beginning of a great journey. We don't want you to do that journey alone. We want to be right there with you. So we've got two great next steps for you if that's you today. First one is this. You can uh, let, us your notice, let us know your decision by texting RLNEXT97000. We'll have a team member just connect with you over the phone. 
will get with you, connect you, resource you, just tell you how much we care about you, how much God loves you, and how much he cares about you. And they'll be there along with you for every step of the way. Second great step is, if you happen to be with us in person, at the back of the worship center, grab a red bag inside. There's a Bible, and there's a link to some other resources. Man, what a great first step if you've made that decision today. And again, we are so excited for you. Please let us know, and we would love to connect with you today or online. So, man, can I tell you guys... Merry Christmas. Man, it is an awesome holiday. At the end of a, a negative 2020, what a way to end it. Just a, a great positive, a great positive way to, just to celebrate the holiday. Christmas is about giving. So I want to take just a quick moment if you guys indulge me for a second. We want to honor somebody that's just a huge part of our team. So can you guys give it up for Frank Robertson? Frank, can you come up here for a second? Come on, Frank, come on up here. We're not let you get out of this easy. This easy. When we have people visit for the first time, or maybe even the 10th time or the 100th time, they come in and they see everything that gets put up. And we have a little bit extra for Christmas, but every week we do this. And, and that happens because of just the, the sacrificial time and giving of our dream team. But I wanna give some honor to a guy today. This is Frank, man, Frank, there we go. It's not too scary up here, is it? It's not that bad. But people are like, man, what time do you guys get here? And I'm like, well, I get here about six, expect 6.45 every week and leave about 1.30. But here's a guy that gets here at 6.15 to 6.20 every Sunday. Sometimes he doesn't leave till three. So man, I see what you do every day, Frank, and Sean does in our whole team. And I just want everybody else to know that we appreciate it. Man, the dividends that you are, are, are making in our church, we look at you as an advocate, as a team member, and we couldn't do this without you. So I just wanna, I wanna give you just a small token of our gratitude and just thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Can we get up for Frank one more time? That's right. When I think of a servant, I think of Frank. And he might be an employee, but man, I consider him a friend and I consider him an integral part of real life. And again, Christmas is about giving. And we give because God gave to us first. And your giving has made the difference for so many people in so many places over 2020, especially 2020 in the, in the sense that we just hit, got hit with a massive COVID season. Man, I just wanna give you just a few things that your giving has done. At the beginning of, of the crisis, we were able to reach out and give hope to over 500 people by filling up hope boxes that you guys have seen uh, given out across the community. We filled them with, with groceries, with toilet paper. Sean was making a joke about that. But your giving made that difference. I mean, we did that in so many different ways. We were able to fill up cars at heart and hand just get, by giving food to needy families. We fed the homeless. We even were able to give thousands of dollars to slums across the world who needed relief in the form of water and hygiene and just other resources. Man, you guys made that happen and God blessed it. May God used your giving just to touch families this year because as Sean was talking about, We've given away more free professional counseling sessions this year than we ever have in our whole four years combined. And I want you guys to know that marriages were worked on, families that were in crisis were dealt with, people that had mental health issues and depression, they were talked to. Your giving has made the difference in many, many, many families' lives. And those families will never be the same because of what they received from you guys. Man, it is so awesome to see God move in that. You know, in this season, we were able to go into a classroom at heart and hand and help re revamp and restore a GED classroom. People could get GEDs. Man, you guys gave over $10,000 to rehab and reorganize three pirate pantry closets where literally thousands of kids will be touched 
by what you guys have done and they have access to food and clothing at the middle school and high school and that will just affect generation and upon generation of students and they did that and it was done by your guys' sacrificial giving and in this season we've helped so many people with utility bills groceries grub hubs thanksgiving dinners i mean i could go on and on and on there's so many people that they hear and they see what we do here and it's not about one individual person it's about the whole team it's about this whole community we call real life and a lot of people ask me like why do you guys do that it's irrational it doesn't make sense and it's a, it's a simple question, but it's an easy question to answer. And it all comes back to who we are, what our mission is. It's to see people discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. So all we're trying to do is just show up where Jesus is at. And we see him working already. And it's just an opportunity to do that. And I see the way that God uses it and just blesses it. And you, each person here that gives and sacrifices, you know, you guys have an eternal reward because of what you've done and what you continue to do. And I see God using it because every week I see people commit and recommit their lives to Jesus. So can we give it up for God, just the way that he uses your guys' giving in an amazing and powerful way? I feel lucky sometimes because I get to see the inside workings and I get to see all the intimate stories. And maybe some of you guys don't get to see everything I do but I just feel honored to be a part of a team like you guys are. And we do this as a team. There's not one individual person here that gives millions and millions of dollars, but we were able to do this because we all participate and you guys all play a part. So I wanna invite you guys to keep doing that. And I wanna invite you guys to do an end of the year gift to something we're calling Heart for the House Offering. In this Heart for the House Offering, what we're asking people is to bring their best one-time gift to feed the thing that feeds you because we have a battle cry and we have a vision for 2021 and is this, to see the church mobilized. We wanna mobilize the church. And we're gonna do that in a couple different ways. You know, this year in 2020, we had to go online and we're barely scratching the surface of what our digital campus can do. And even in this year, we've touched and connected with over 700 people and we know God can do so much more through that. And so we wanna invest in that by, first of all, securing and tenant finishing a multi-space use where we can continue to film, let the worship band practice, maybe even use it for some offices and youth group. The second major way that we wanna mobilize the church is this, is that we see so many people that God is calling as leaders to work in the church. And we wanna develop them and deploy them. And these are people that are just have a calling in their life to have a great number just to impact people. And we wanna use this offering just to develop and, and invest them so they can go out to do the things that God has called them to do. So I'm asking you guys, just to start praying and asking God what he would have you to do above and beyond your normal giving. And let us lead the way with generosity. You can give anytime, but we are gonna have a special online generosity moment this Sunday, which is gonna be online. And so as you guys pray about that, I want you guys to know that God's gonna use that in an amazing, powerful way. And if you feel called to give here at Real Life, whether it's normal giving or whether it's the heart for the house, as always, we have three ways that you can do that. You can go online at reallifechurchkc.com. You can text any amount to 84321. Or if you're old school and you want, like me, and you want to use a cash or check, you can drop it in an envelope at the giving box at the back of the worship center. Would you guys just to take a second with me and let's pray as we give to God. God, we come before you and we just feel called and we feel honored and humbled just to play just a small part in, in the, in the, what you've called us to do in the way that you're moving in the world. God, I pray that you take the sacrificial giving of your people today and just bless it in ways that we just can't even imagine and use it in ways that are just, will shock the world and just change people's lives. God, I just pray for each person here today as they prepare for the holidays and they prepare to give. God, I just pray a blessing on their lives. 
And I pray that they just realize and just know that there is a purpose that they have in your kingdom and in, in, in your world. God, again, thank you for the ability to come before you in prayer. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. As we continue, we'd love to invite you to stand and worship with us and celebrate our good God and Savior and all that he's done this Christmas.
Jesus ran with his light to us. And in James 1.29, it says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. His light has set us free. Tonight, we're going to lift our lights to him. As a sign of surrender and worship, let's just lift our lights to the only one who's worthy, our Savior and our King.
Let's give it up big one more time for Jesus Christ. He's born. We're celebrating it. We're letting that light shine tonight. And more importantly than that, we will get a head start on praising his name forever, evermore. Man, it was such a powerful moment looking out and seeing all these lights. Wow. Christmas Eve, Real Life Church, come on. I want to share one more, one more uh, passage from the Bible here. This is found in Isaiah. It's going to be up here on the screen. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And this is where I want you to help me out. He will be called, come on, Real Life, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Give it up for Jesus. Come on, let's give it all we got one last time here, Christmas Eve. Amen to that. Well, let me say it again. Merry Christmas. We're just so glad you spent this evening here with us. You spent part of your Christmas season worshiping God. And you know, this was a God-sized night. I know that God did something in a lot of us this evening and even you watching online. I just know that the impact felt tonight will be felt throughout 2021 and beyond. So praise God for that. Um, talking about a little bit earlier when uh, uh, Barry brought Frank up here, you know, we have a whole team of people we call the dream team. And they're the people behind the scenes that make all this happen, right? All the setup, the awesome coffee we have today. Let's get up for James and Courtney on that coffee. Man, we've missed that, haven't we? They, they did such a great job. You know, and it's, it's the big stuff we see, but you know what? It's the stuff we don't see. We have people on our dream team that just pray. They just pray for everyone in our church, lifting up those prayer requests, just encouraging people. There are people on our dream team that just affect this city in ways you would never see. And I'm telling you all this, not only just to give it up to them, but to let you know that this Sunday, December 27th, we're gonna give a little something back to our dream team. We're gonna have what we call Sabbath Sunday. So that means we're gonna take a rest for Sunday. But now don't get it twisted. We're still having church real life. Come on, we're still having church, but we're gonna kick it old school, meaning early 2020. We're gonna be online. Kick it old school, you like that, right? 9.30 and 11, Facebook Live, church online. We can't wait to see you there in the comments, throwing up some likes, throwing up some hearts. And I bet knowing Sean, there's gonna be a few moments we're gonna throw up some ha-has. Am I right? That wouldn't be any better than that. So we would love to see you there. Now, you are welcome to come to Kentucky Trail on Sunday morning, but just like that empty tomb on Easter, no one's going to be there, okay? So, all right, I'm talking about the sequel. This is Christmas. Let me get back on track. So anyway, we love you guys. Merry Christmas. Hey, do me a favor, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, twist those candles. Make sure they're nice and turned off. And uh, if you'll just set those in your seat, we will take care of those after the gathering. And if anyone in here needs prayer, there will be someone right up here at the front just to listen to you, pray for you, and encourage you. Don't hesitate to do that. If you're brand new, don't leave without checking out the new here booth. Get a family photo, guys. We have a beautiful photo booth out there. Get you another cup of coffee for the road. And we would just love to fellowship and meet you today. And whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. Merry 